Thomas, Daisy and the Milk Tankers. Katie was excited to be on the island of Sodor. She hummed happily to herself as she was steamed up the next morning, eager to begin her special train. We'll get your paces going and do a trial run across the line, so you'll be familiar with all the stations and stops, said her driver. The charter isn't due to begin for a few weeks yet, so you have plenty of time. Katie was able to chuff up and down the line as a priority light engine. She whistled and tooted at all the stations. The passengers were delighted to see a new arrival to the railway. Katie stopped to take on water at Alsborough, at the top of Duck's branch line. When you're topped up, we'll take you up the Harwick branch. How does that sound? Oh yes please, Katie beamed. Can we go straight away? The driver laughed. Your fireman and I need to fuel ourselves too, you know. We're hoping to give one of the cafes up the road a try. You'll be right to stay here until then. Katie's water tanks were filled and she was parked in a siding between the engine sheds, where she could see the miniature engines marshalling their coaches and trucks. A loud and disgruntled honk garbled in the distance, as a long green diesel rail car, who looked none too happy, bust her way through the yard pulling a line of milk tankers. She doesn't look happy. What's wrong with her? asked Katie. That is Daisy began Duck. She recently got into trouble for giving other diesels the wrong idea about pulling trains, so now she's forced to do the work that she's severely neglected in the past. The milk train has ever been so reliable since, gawked Rex as he puffed out of his station platform. Rex was right. Ever since Daisy had been pulling the milk train and the milk train only, she was able to keep to good time despite her disposition towards the filthy things. Daisy marshalled the tankers into the yards at Knapford Station and let out a dramatic sigh. A certain diesel shunter observed nearby and came to see what was the matter. Oh, Daisy, what's wrong? The fat controller has taken away my passengers and has only allowed me to pull the milk train until I learn a thing or two about diligence or whatever he said. But I'm fed up. If, if, I, if I see another milk tanker again, I might, I might. Might? What? Diesel nudged. I might have to blow a fuse and moan for my fitter. She let out a black cloud of smoke from the exhaust and wore a pouting expression. Oh, Daisy, I wish I could do something to make you better. Us Diesels have to look out for one another. Diesel's eyes darted across the yard as he spotted Thomas moving his coaches, Annie and Clarabel, back into the yard. Here's your chance, oiled Diesel, and he oozed away, sniggering. <laughs> as Thomas backed into his siding, he saw Daisy and the cloud black of smoke that had poured out of her exhaust. Hello, Daisy. Are you all right? he asked. Daisy seized her opportunity. Oh, Thomas, I wish I could say so, but it seems I've overworked myself so much that I've overheated my motor. Thomas was naturally willing to help. Is there anything I can do? There is one thing that can be done. My milk train. It needs to be taken from Tinmouth to the end of your branch line tomorrow morning. 
If it could be a darling, that would be ever so wonderful. Thomas was smart, but he didn't see through Daisy's ruse. Alright Daisy, you can rely on me. And with that, Thomas went on his way to his shed with a new task to do the next morning. That day, Thomas made his way to Tipper Station to begin his service with the milk tankers in tow. The train was slightly heavier, so it took him longer than usual to get from one station to another. Annie and Clarabel were not enjoying themselves. Must we have these tankers so close behind us? They tittered. I know it's inconvenient, said Thomas, but we must help out Daisy while she's ill. They soon arrived at Mayfoyt Station and had to stop to take and let off passengers. The three milk tankers and the brake van had overshot the rear of the platform and backed onto the railway crossing, stopping cars or lorries from coming through. There was a boisterous whistle that chimed several times. Rail Raider! cried George the Steamroller. Sorry, cried Thomas, I'll be out of your way soon. Soon is not fast enough. I have places to be and you're blocking my way. Reluctantly, Thomas edged forward to let George through, only allowing passengers to be able to embark aboard Clarabel. The steamroller shuffled his way over the railway crossing, grumbling to himself. Railways do no good, turn them into roads. Pull them up, turn them into roads. Railways do no good, turn them into roads. Pull them up, turn them into Thomas arrived at the end of the line where an engine inspector was waiting for him. Ah Thomas, good to see you. Leave your coaches here. Your service has been terminated for the remainder of the day and Percy will take on your passengers until we find a replacement for you tomorrow. What has happened? Am I well? Have I got another fish in my boiler? The inspector laughed. Nothing of the sort, Thomas. We've been instructed to give you a routine inspection and you'll be taken out of service until we arrive sooner. Taken out of service? Thomas was glum. Percy left the station with Annie and Clarabel, who sadly watched their friends stay behind. This never happens, whispered Annie. You're right, replied Clarabel. Maybe his day has finally come. He was equally surprised to see that the next day, the engine who was pulling his train was an engine who he had never seen before. Hello, she chimed merrily. I'm Katie. I've been asked to pull this quaint little service of yours for a while. Are you new here? Thomas huffed. No, I've been here for quite a while. Oh well, it was lovely to meet you. Anyway, I would talk, but I have to get ready for the return journey. Lovely to meet you. And with that, the new red engine was off. Thomas's heart sank. Perhaps he had really been replaced this time. Meanwhile, Daisy was dozing in a nearby shed up the line, where she was suddenly awoken by a whistle and the approach of a train. Oh, hello, my dear. Who are you? I'm Katie. I'm running this branch line for a few weeks until I take on my charter service train. Oh, it's you! 
You're pulling the cutest with train across the island, aren't you? I'm Daisy. I sometimes work on this line, but probably nowadays on Harwick. But right now, I'm a little under the weather, and I'm waiting for a visitor to check me over. He should be here any day now. I'm sorry to hear you're ill, Daisy. I hope you get better soon. Yeah, you're too kind. And please don't forget to take the milk tankers from Tidmouth to Farquhar sometime today. That was one of the enlisted responsibilities of the service at some point during the remainder of the day. Milk tankers? I didn't hear about that. Well, I'll investigate when I see it. By the way, did you work at Harwick? Yes, yes I did, dear. Whatever do you ask? Because apparently there's a new diesel rail car up there looking after the passenger services. Daisy's face went white. She seemed very lovely though. I'm surprised you didn't know. And with that, Katie left the station, leaving Daisy worried for her own welfare. Daisy saw to it that she went to find Thomas. He was still Farquhar, immobilised and in his shed. Have you heard about the new replacement? She fused in a fury. Thomas sighed sadly. Yes, I have. Looks like it's finally the end of the line. Well, it was nice knowing you, Thomas. Perhaps I'll be put on the plinth in the middle of Harwick Town Square, or worse still, become a hen house. Thomas looked up and blinked. Wait, I think you've got it wrong. I'm the one being replaced. Daisy darted back. No, I am. Didn't you hear about the new diesel rail car? Didn't you hear about the new tank engine? That's a little red engine. Oh, she's here for the charter services that James was fussing about on yesterday. But what is she doing here on my branch line? Our branch line, Thomas. More importantly, why has a new diesel rail car arrived? Both engines were as clueless as each other. What is the fat controller planning? Thought Thomas. In the heartland of the branch line, Katie was having a joyous time. Despite the extra weight of the milk tankers, she enjoyed her run from the big station. She was almost bound for Hackenbeck when a flock of sheep strayed onto the line. She did not want to scare the sheep away, so she happily waited for a farmer to arrive. However, the last two milk tankers were left blocking the road to the crossing. A shrill, boisterous whistle could be heard chiming in the distance. George the Steamroller was rolling down the line faster than he should usually travel. Max the Dump Truck was travelling the other way. His twin Monty swayed in front of him from nowhere. George swerved to protect himself from the reckless dump trucks and suddenly crashed into the milk tankers. There was a splintering noise as milk poured all over George and his driver. Katie was shocked. Harvey and the breakdown train were soon at the scene to clear the damaged milk tankers. The fat controller soon arrived too and spoke to both George and Katie. I know exactly who's responsible for this disturbance. He then made his way to Farquhar Sheds on board Katie's remaining train, where Thomas and Daisy were waiting. I've had it to hear with your meddling behaviour, Daisy, he boomed. I don't know what to do with you anymore. You've been punished for your actions and have had your passengers taken away from you, and yet you still don't do your given jobs. 
Daisy looked down at her buffers. So that's it then. You're going to replace me? The fast controller started. I never replace my entrance, Daisy. I know that you're capable of doing a fine job, but you haven't been great at exemplifying that of late. What about the new diesel rail car? That diesel rail car is on loan from the oil railway, the fat controller replied. Once she's finished her work and you've learned her lesson, she will be returning there. The fat controller clicked his fingers together as he put two and two together. Perhaps you can take the opportunity to learn from a model engine and do your job with some dignity. I'll see to it that you two are paired up tomorrow. Daisy was relieved that she wasn't being replaced. She gave a limp smile, but was sad that she still had made errors in her ways. She sensibly decided to remain awfully quiet. What about me, sir? asked Thomas, despondent. The fat controller turned. I don't believe you've done anything wrong, Thomas. Why should I be concerned with you? Am I being replaced too? I've been taken out of service, haven't I? The fat controller beamed. Oh, Thomas, I must apologise. I've been so caught up with several unexpected incidents that I've neglected to tell you why I've removed you from your regular service. Thomas blinked and held his breath in anticipation of what the fat controller was going to say next. I have it on good authority that you've been invited to take part in an important initiative. Since we've been allowed to bring Katie to the island, I've ordered to the mainland railways and they've asked for a favour in return. You, my dear Thomas, will be travelling to the National Railway Museum in York as a special global partnership with railways across the world. Since you've been scouting these shakedown trips to various countries across the globe recently, the railway board felt it was fitting that you would represent Shodor in this special event. Thomas was pleased. Katie laughed. I can't believe that you thought I was replacing you. I could never dream of doing such a thing. It's just as well you'll be here to look after my little branch line while I'm gone. I am looking after your branch line for a few weeks, Katie started. But I wonder who will be responsible after me. Thomas's thoughts were fizzing with excitement. He was more than ready than ever for his big adventure. Strikes Gold 
The enthusiasts had enjoyed their time on the charter train tremendously, and the fat controller was very pleased with how smoothly everything had run. He spoke to Katie. Your efficiency has been very useful. All the trains have run accordingly to their usual services. I'm glad that we're able to make everything work. I will see what I can do about making more charter trains possible next holiday season. Katie was very pleased she had earned the title of very useful. Katie had a well-deserved rest at the sheds in Vickerstown. She was soon awoken from a doze by the yard manager, who arrived with some important news. There's trouble at the China clay pits, he started. Bill was having his boiler examination, so he's out of service, and Timothy has just had a brake failure. Can you get there quickly, please? I'd be happy to help, chimed Katie. Rosie, who was shunting trucks nearby, overheard the conversation. You best be careful there. Bill and Ben can be tricky to work with, so best to be on your guard. It's a good thing I only have to deal with one of them, Katie replied. Katie's crew soon returned to get ready for their departure. The fireman finished stoking her up, the driver released the regulator, and they were off down the line. This should be a nice run for us, smiled the driver. It's not every day we get to work on another railway. They coasted down the railway line and soon made it to the China clay pits. Marion had more work than usual, so Ned had been called to help. The two steam shovels went back and forth, filling up trucks to be taken to the docks. Ben, on the other hand, was up to no good. He should have been arranging trucks to be filled, but he was more in the mood to be playing humble truck to make the other work harder. Are there more trucks that need to be filled? Ned asked Marion. There should be, Marion stated. But somebody hasn't arranged them yet. Ben chuckled. You have to find the truck first. Katie then chuffed into the quarry, witnessing what had happened. Hello, she greeted. I've been sent to help. Marion sighed. Ah, thank goodness. We could need it. Not everyone here wants to work. She glared over at Ben. He's probably just missing his twin, Ned suggested wistfully. It's probably better that they remain separated. Maybe if he works on his own for once, he may learn some common sense, groaned Marion. Marion was normally more cheerful, but Ben had been insufferable. Because Timothy had been sent away for repairs, Marion had to take the loaded trucks to the docks. I'm sorry I have to leave you two with him, she murmured. Don't humour him if he tries to get you into any trouble. And she left the two of them behind, pulling the loaded trucks away. Ned usually worked at the Sodor Construction Company, so wasn't accustomed to Ben's usual antics. Ben puffed up alongside. Hey, Ned, he started. I've got a very important job for you. Oh, replied Ned with a glimmer of excitement. What is it? Ben looked around the quarry, thinking of what idea he could pull out of his funnel. See that road up to the top of the cliff face there? There's no rails that reach that point. I need you to find something up there for me. It's very special. 
Oh? What's up there that could be so special? They say, said Ben, that at the end of a rainbow, there's always a pot of gold waiting there. Ned was confused. But it's not raining. Oh, not yet, replied Ben quickly. But it will soon, and when it does, I need you to collect that gold as soon as possible. Miss Jenny will be very pleased with you. Ned smiled. Then consider it done, as he cheerfully rolled away. Katie was too busy shunting trucks and had paid no attention to what had just happened. While she worked, Ben biffed his trucks up and down the line. Ow, 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 barked the trucks. Ben's rough nature only irritated Katie more and more. And at last, she soon had enough. You mustn't treat your trucks like that. You could cause an accident. Ben was in no mood to listen, so he biffed his trucks only harder. Are you usually like this? she asked. What does it matter to you? spat Ben. I'm just asking. Doesn't seem to be very useful to me at all. If anything, you should take a good look at what you're doing. Ben scowled. Oh, that's no way to talk to an engine. Well then. Maybe you should take some responsibility for once. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Ben was speechless. The two engines glared at each other with severe disdain. Can't you just leave me alone? Udilated Ben. I miss my brother. Katie paused and took a sudden moment to feel for Ben's circumstance. How long have you been without him? She asked. Four ruddy weeks and four boiler examination. He wailed. I know what it's like to miss your friends or your siblings, she started. I'm visiting from another railway and thinking about my friends back home. Ben looked down at his buffers and felt rather foolish. Raindrops splashed on his boiler. A horrible thought suddenly struck him. Oh no, Ned, he muttered. What about him? Katie asked. He's gone up to the top level of the cliff edge. The rain will loosen the clay. Ben pushed his trucks out of the way and puffed towards the cliffs. Ned had almost reached the top. I must be careful, I must be careful, I must be careful. Then there was trouble. The ground underneath him started to turn to mud. Ned! cried Ben, who had now readied himself for action. A lightly bolt struck down and hit the ground where Ned stood. He slid down the embankment, whistling loudly. What on earth are we going to do? Ben wailed. Quickly, Katie put in. We need to get those trucks and put them on the line so we can catch him. Without fuss, Katie and Ben pushed some trucks on the lower terrace line, just in time as the ground beneath Ned crumbled away. Creeping horrors! cried Ned as he plummeted down. The trucks splintered underneath him as he fell down the lower terrace, but they fortunately broke his fall. Marion had just arrived into the yard. 
What's going on? She cried. Thank you, Ben. You've saved me, sighed Ned. I'm sorry I played the trick on you, said Ben remorsefully. I shouldn't have been so silly. It's okay, Ben. I think you've redeemed yourself, Ned replied with a soft smile. That evening, Katie and Ben sat in the sheds. I'm sorry I was so rude today, started Ben. I guess you're right. I am missing Bill. It's quite fine, replied Katie. You were valiant today by saving Ned. I couldn't have done it without you, he darted back. Katie smiled. You've proven yourself very worthy again through what you did. I'm sure that will be a credit to you tomorrow onwards. Ben was puzzled. Are you sure? You've shown that you can do great things if you put your mind to it. I think tomorrow you're going to have a better attitude, said Katie. We'll have to see. It's easy to slip back into old habits, said the giant clay engine. Even still, retorted Katie, a little bit of fun tomfoolery is good here and there, but I think you'll be a none the wiser engine. Unbeknownst to Katie and Ben, Ned was feeling very happy with himself that day. Why, who was on the upper terrace? He did indeed find gold. Not a pot of gold, but an old goblet crafted from gold. His driver was absorbed. It could be from many years ago. This deserves a place at the Sodor Museum. Ned smiled. Even if it was intended to be a practical joke, he was happy with his day's marauding.
The Solution for Coaches The enthusiasts spent the day behind Gordon's Express, travelling up and down the main line. This made Gordon feel particularly proud. Having pulled the chartered mainline special, in addition to his express, he had exhausted himself and overheated. Gordon was worn out. It was soon decided that James would take on the charter train, while Henry would look after the express. James was delighted to finally get the opportunity to pull the train at last. Don't get too stuck up in the smoke box now, Henry started. You're only pulling this train because young Katie is being very useful elsewhere. Well, I can be really useful too, erupted James in a cloud of steam. Besides, the fat controller knows that I have the strength to pull a decent rake of coaches. Unlike Katie, she's a dinky little thing. Henry snorted. The charter coaches are only a part of the train. While we still need to maintain regular passenger services, we can pop any special services on the back. Then visitors get to see how us suddering engines really work in proper conditions. If it were Katie on her own, she'd be fine. She has her own coaches to worry about. We, on the other hand, are just helping out. James wasn't having any of it. He didn't want to ruin his run of good luck to finish any time soon, as he was enjoying himself immensely, but arguing with Henry was enough to dampen his firebox just a little. Meanwhile, Katie was kept busy taking the china clay wagons from the quarry to bring the docks and back again. You do know how to manage those trucks, Porter admired. 
Bill and Ben surely give them a hard time so they can normally be quite antagonistic. Oh, I don't blame the poor things, she remarked. Let's say the trucks can have a little holiday while Bill is away. The trucks had no reason to be troublesome. Edward was also impressed. You've done a good job to keep Ben in order. Katie laughed. He's longing to see his brother, but I think when they're separated for long enough, one doesn't distract the other. No, you haven't seen them together yet. They're going to be absolute terrors. The two engines laughed and tooted each other goodbye as they went back to their respective jobs. James, on the other hand, was not having a good time. I was expecting to pull nice grand express coaches, not these old fuddy-doddy old stradleys. Coaches are coaches, his driver assured, and those coaches are the ones we're using. What happened to the special coaches that Katie brought with her? Rosie has been appointed to take a special train to the mountain railway with VIPs on board, so these were the best that we could afford. James huffed and rolled his eyes. He remembered the time he banged these particular coaches so hard that he damaged the brake pipe and caused a leak. The coaches themselves did not forget this either. You better not behave like a silly jackrabbit today, one of them spat. That's right, bouncing around all over the place, causing leaks and problems. James huffed indignantly as he backed onto his coaches. The enthusiasts on the charter train were entertained by the idea of the different coaches, however. down the line, he tried to make the most of the journey, but the coaches were still feeling immensely hurt. The train bypassed through Wells was Station at a speed that James thought was sufficient, but the coaches were rattled. We're going to stop, we're going to stop, they demanded, and they held the train back. James bumped the coaches and the guards slammed on his brake. What on earth could be the matter now? muttered James. The guard hurried to the front of the train. The air continuity in the train has been damaged. The pipes that make the airflow from one coach to another have burst because of all this wretched bumping. These coaches are now defective. We can't go anywhere without a reliable set of brakes. You silly engine, scolded one of the visitors. You shouldn't have agitated those poor coaches. James sighed, deflated. Katie and Ben were just about to say goodbye to Salty to head back to the China clay pits when the dock manager came running out. There was a telephone call from the station master at Wellsworth. James and the charter train had broken down and they were looking for a spare engine and a rake of coaches at this end of the line but I'm afraid we don't have any passenger coaches here. An idea flew into Ben's funnel. Sir, may I make a suggestion, but I don't think we need coaches. 
What do you mean? asked the dock manager. And Ben explained his idea. James had idled himself into a siding out of the way. The visitors waited in bated breath on the platform at Wellsworth. There was a sudden chance of tears as Ben and Katie puffed up to the platform with two brake vans in tow. The visitors were surprised by the choice of coaches, but were eager to climb on board. James tried hard not to be noticed. All aboard the Blake Van Special, chimed Ben, as he and Katie made their way down the main line. Oh yes, it's great to be an engine and go steaming along. A puff, puff, puffing along. A beep, beep, beeping along. All the people waving as you speed along. A puff, puff, puffing along all day. It doesn't matter. Come rain or shine, there's always things for us to do. And in the cold, cold winter time, we're ready. When you light the fire and stoke the butter and we'll be there for you. At last, they soon made it to Vickerstown, where the visitors were to be welcomed by a special event hosted by the Fat Controller. All the visitors spoke high praises of Ben's assistance, and the Fat Controller saw to it that Ben was to be rewarded with a fresh coat of paint. He couldn't be happier. Katie and Ben sat in the yards at Vickerstown as the party went on. Ben was over the moon and filled with happiness, but Katie was looking sadly down at her buffers. What's wrong? he asked Katie. I've had such a lovely time in Sodor, but I have to go home tomorrow. Ben wasn't too sure what to think, but said, Well, you're always welcome at the China Clay Pits. Katie gave a limp smile. Thank you, Ben. I've enjoyed working with you. James then quietly crept into the yard. Thank you for taking my train, he said, somewhat forcedly. And I'm sorry that I was so rude to you, Katie. You're a kind engine. That's all right, said Katie. I understand you really wanted that train, but maybe there'll be better opportunities for you to come. The next day, everyone gathered at Vickerstown Station to say goodbye to Katie. Come back and see us soon, they all said. And you're welcome on my little railway too. And with that, Katie puffed over the bridge onto the mainland.